Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Woo! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Faulkner, here as always with Jeff Faulkner. Jeff, I'm afraid to ask how you're doing because for the first time in a long time, we've got no football to watch this weekend. Yeah, you know what? Uh, you know, first of all, every time we're what twenty-eight episodes, twenty-seven episodes in now, and every intro gets more and more like Ric Flair, which I appreciate. So I wanted to acknowledge it before you're like limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna be a weird weekend for sure. No football. There's, um, you know, they're doing this Madden tournament, which is pretty cool. But uh, or the Pro Bowl, and you know, in place of the Pro Bowl. But yeah, no football. It means. Uh, Sunday night's probably going to be family movie night here. I don't know what you guys are planning. Yeah, something like that. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what we'll do. Maybe, maybe set the clocks ahead an hour and put the kids to bed early and relax and watch something we actually want to watch. It seems like these days the only movie nights we get are pizza night, and it's pretty much scour Disney Plus for something that the boys haven't watched yet. Yeah, and there's so much that you spend 45 minutes trying to decide, and then it's like, yeah, it's too late to watch this. <laughs> yeah, let's just watch an episode of Franklin. Um, I will say, uh, you know, you you called nice attention to my Ric Flair intros there. I will say I was inspired by one of our one of our calls from our good buddy Tyler. Um, he came in hot after one of his playoff wins with the Nature Boy. Uh, woo! And uh, ever since then, that's kind of kind of become part of my thing so uh rick flair if you're out there thank you and uh it's all satire so no lawsuits please yeah you know we should just reach out and have him on i'm sure he's got time i yeah i i don't know what he's up to these days but uh i'm sure if we let him know that we're you know over 25 episodes and uh well over <laughs> 700 listens uh i'm sure that he'd have no problem coming on and and talking about some fancy football well, based on the thirty for thirty on him, like if we offer him twenty bucks, he's he's down because yeah. Anyways, let's not yeah, go down that road. Twenty for twenty, um, <laughs> twenty bucks yeah. for twenty minutes. <laughs> twenty minutes, let's do it. I like. It. I think we could do it. I don't know if he could fill twenty minutes anymore, but uh, yeah. Anyways, we'll reach out. We'll see. It's a long off season, um, but uh, you know we don't have a we don't have any game coming up uh, till the following weekend. But we do have a bit of news. What do you say we uh, break down what's happening in the league? I've just been handed an urgent. And horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, so we've got some more uh, some more action in the front offices there. The Eagles, after parting way with their you know their fairly recently Super Bowl winning coach Doug Peterson, uh, they have made a hire. They've hired former Colts offensive coordinator, and I want to make sure I get this right, Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni uh, as their new head coach. I, I have to admit, Jeff, I wasn't really familiar with, with old Nick, but uh, he's another young young coach getting his shot in the league. Um, it's interesting, you know, with some of the names that are still out there that uh, this relative unknown is getting his first head coaching chance, but obviously the Eagles see something they like. And, uh, yeah, he's been the OC in Indy since Andrew Luck retired, so... I don't know. What do you think of that one? Well, I think is what happened is uh, Jeffrey Lurie, uh, the owner of the Eagles, called every other coach that was available and said, hey, what do you think about Carson Wentz? Oh, yeah? Okay, you're not a candidate. And <laughs> then he went all the way down the list until they got to Nick Sirianni, and uh, he said, yeah, I'll give him a shot. It's worth 
they'll give him a shot. It's see worth what he can do. Bucks. Yeah, yeah, I'll get for a head coaching gig for sure. Now it's it's going to be interesting to see what he does for sure. Obviously, the quarterback situation there is a you know, question mark, but they've got talent. It sounds like it looks like Hertz is good. It, Wentz, I, I mean, you know, we may we, we talk about it later in the news here, but uh, you know, with the case of Wentz, we've covered all year long. Um, you know, my big, I'm invested in this as far as our league of note here, the league of extraordinary gentlemen, I'm keeping Miles Sanders and, uh, I'm kind of excited about this because, you know, the Colts like to run the ball and, uh, he was the offensive coordinator there. So I hope he brings that over to Philly and hopefully he likes Miles Sanders and this is a, you know, a good spot for him. Well, that's fair. Uh, now if the Eagles got the Colts O-line, I'm sure they'd like to run the ball too, yes. but, uh, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, you, you think you might be keeping Miles Sanders. I'm personally trying to change that, but, uh, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Anyways, moving on. Oh, oh, I can't <laughs> look at, look at across the screen here. We've got breaking news coming in. This is unbelievable. We have on the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast, we have NFL news breaking. The Houston Texans have hired David Culley to be his head, to be their head coach. Uh, I guess he was a Ravens assistant coach. Um, we don't know much more than that, just that it's official. He's signed on the dotted line, but uh, this is kind of the first piece in the Deshaun Watson puzzle. What do you think? Does this lead to him maybe being more inclined to stay or does this just kind of he's already got one foot out the door and maybe this pushes him along a bit well i don't think this is gonna push him out even more i mean he's either all the way out already or this they can kind of bring him back with this hire i don't know how he feels about this one i know he wanted to be involved and and it sounds like houston was resistant to that for some reason i don't know why they didn't have him involved with some other moves they've made but um yeah, I don't know. This is just the first piece of that puzzle. You know, this is that's the biggest story in the offseason. I feel like Watson, you know, we've seen all these other quarterbacks that could be available and might be available and will be available. But Watson, I feel like, is the, the prize of all of them. You know what I mean? He, and it starts with him as far as free agency and, and, and offseason moves. And if he gets traded, like the first team that gets him, that's going to be the first move of a lot that happens. So uh, I'm just excited that the, the Texans finally got their coach. And, you know, he's going to obviously try to build around Watson. But if he wants out, he's, he's going to be gone. And it's going to be crazy to see where he ends up. Yeah, there's almost, you know, I'm I'm super pumped for the Super Bowl, and we'll talk more about that next week. We're not going to really uh, break the game down yet, but I'm also kind of excited for it to be over with and just all these pieces to start shuffling around and falling into place because I have a, I have a feeling that with the coaching changes, uh, the quarterback changes that people think are coming, some of the big free agents that are coming up in the NFL next year, the the NFL landscape and the fantasy landscape might be totally different than they were coming into this season. It's it's well, going to be crazy. It is, and that's how the NFL. That's what is so great, right? Like even though there's off season from the game, there's really no off season from the intrigue and the news and all the the things that can happen. And you know, it keeps your attention year round, whether it's the combine or the draft or you know, training camp, free agency, whatever the case may be. It's just it all it keeps you all year long. And uh, just one more point about this Texans hire because it's just happening. Now, is this the last head coaching spot available? Like, does this mean that Eric Bieniemy is not going to get a head coaching gig again, which I, I don't understand? I don't understand either. Um, I believe so, unless there are, uh, you know, any other organizations that aren't really happy with the way things are going. But, uh, yeah, I think that Houston was the last one on the table. And uh, 
I know that that was that was one of uh, Deshaun Watson's candidates that he was most interested in seeing fill that position. Um, it is kind of crazy because you know, and not to get too too deep onto the other side. We're here for fantasy football. We're here for fun. But it is kind of crazy, you know, in a league where black coaches have been so historically underrepresented, um, black executives almost non-existent in the history of the league. And you have a you have a guy in Eric Bieniemy who has shown himself to be like one of the great football minds in the league right now, and you know nothing against Nick Sirianni and nothing against David Culley. I don't really know enough about them to make a comment on on where they stand, but to see all of these guys and to see some of the you know multiple recycled head coaches that just seem to change golf shirts every year and other other uh you know coaching personnel not even get an opportunity even with the introduction of you know the Rooney rule a rule that is literally designed to motivate teams to interview and hire um you know african-american people in their coaching staff in their front office it's it's just kind of a head scratcher why it's you know why it's so hard to kind of break through that and uh, and to get an opportunity when it seems like you've earned one. I think it, it it's not my place to say it either, like you said, but I think it's obvious why it, it isn't. And it's look at all the owners and they're I mean there's what thirty thirty two of them. There's a, probably a percentage of them that are still old school down south redneck hillbilly. You know what I mean? Like, that's in their roots and. That's a big reason why, because like you said, like Eric Bieniemy, he's been a top candidate in a lot of t- people's eyes for two years, and he's now—I mean, look how many head coaches have been hired. That David Cully, we didn't even know this guy's name, Nick Sirianni. So there's obviously something to it. I'm not saying those owners are that. I'm just—it's obviously a part of it, and and um, yeah, it's it's it blows your mind, really. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens going forward, and uh, as far as Bieniemy goes, you know, we'll see. We'll see if something opens up or, or if uh, maybe next year's the year that he finally gets his chance. But uh, we do have some more news to get here. Uh, this one is, I, I'd say it's near to our hearts as Steelers fans, although I don't know how dear to our heart it's going to be. So a guy that we talked about quite a bit this season and, uh, you know, ranging from apathy to disgust, Dwayne Haskins, former first-round pick of the Washington football team, um, you know, former first string, second string, third string, fourth string, and then no string quarterback. He just signed a one-year deal with the Steelers. Uh, he has been terrible as a pro quarterback. I haven't seen really anything that's impressed me. He, he racked up a lot of garbage time stats, I think, over lot, over his rookie year. Um, I did look into I did look into his short college career because he uh, he was in school he transferred he redshirted but he did have one year that he was the starter at Ohio State and when he was there he set the record for passing at Ohio State he set the record for passing in the Big Ten he's one of only seven college quarterbacks that's thrown 50 touchdowns in a single season now looking through that list the names that popped up of you know memorable quarterbacks are guys like Sam Bradford, Derek Carr, and Joe Burrow, who obviously Burrow was hot stuff uh, coming out of college. But those other two guys, you know, we saw 
ups and downs in their career. So I don't know I don't know how that really translates, but I guess the point is he can score points and he can do it and maybe, you know, maybe the Steelers saw something that they they think they can correct his attitude and kind of build him up. I'm not sure. How do you feel about that? I think there's no risk all reward here. I mean, it's a futures deal. You know, you hear people like Alex Smith talk about this guy and say this he's capable of doing things that you know, not a lot of people are capable of doing. He's just got to clean up a lot of the, you know, he's got to trim the fat, so to speak, and and clean up his act off the field. And I know that Tomlin was high on Haskins coming out of the out of college and in the draft. And um, yeah, I don't blame him for giving him a shot here. You know, there's we're unknown with Big Ben. It sounds like he wants to come back, but you never know with Big Ben. He loves the drama, so it could change. And if Haskins is, you know cleaned up his act and, and able to learn the playbook i'm sure he's going to show us stuff and, and yeah i just think it's high, you know no risk high reward and and why not really have if, if if he is who he is and you, you know who we've seen then you just cut eight and on to the next one yeah i uh one one guy that i heard talking about this actually when it happened was uh tony kornheiser on on pti on espn and i really liked how he put it you know, he said, this is a kid who, you know, he's a first round draft pick that basically they're getting for free. That's nothing to sneeze at. But this is a guy who he messed up, he messed up, he messed up. And whether you think he deserves it or not, he's going to get a second chance somewhere. And of all the organizations in the NFL where you're going to get your second chance, Pittsburgh is probably like the best choice. It's such a stable organization. Um, you know, they've got a rich history of success. They've got a rich history, for the most part, of, uh, of discipline and doing things the right way. So if ever there's a place where he's going to learn, hopefully, to do things the right way and become, you know, a true, not just, a, you know, paid football player, but a true professional, then Pittsburgh might be it. So, yeah, we'll see. It could work out. And worst case scenario, like well, you said, it's, it's low risk, so... Let's say Big Ben comes back. Who would you rather have as his backup, Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph? Hmm. I mean, you, 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 if you're on <laughs> social I... media, Pittsburgh, the fans, funny, the Pittsburgh fans on social media have us rumored with every quarterback available in this offseason. Like, anytime somebody's like, oh, he could be available, Aaron Rodgers going to Pittsburgh, Deshaun Watson, <laughs> Matt Stafford, like all these guys is crazy. But uh, yeah, right now, if you had to choose Mason Rudolph or Haskins. Oh, boy. Um, I. I honestly hate to say it, but probably Dwayne Haskins, just because I don't think I can stomach watching Mason Rudolph go under center again. Oh, for sure, it's Haskins like, for me. I, and like, obviously, the, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, I'd almost, I'd almost say either Dwayne Haskins or that practice squad wide receiver that went in for the Broncos this year. Like either way, but just not <laughs> Mason Rudolph. I know I can't stand. I hate his face. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I mean, and Haskins, if he made the team as a backup, it means he showed us something, right? So hopefully he forces their hand and, you know, I mean, if, and Big Ben's future is obviously not for sure. So we'll see what happens there. And, uh, you know, I've hinted at this. You know, moving on to the next piece of news here, another quarterback that uh, it sounds like he's going to get a new home. Uh, it came out report this week that the Lions and Matt Stafford have kind of mutually agreed to part ways this offseason. And, uh, you know, the Lions have hired their new coach. They've hired all their coaching vacancies and uh, sign him to a six-year deal so they're starting to rebuild from you know the right way they're going they're tearing it right down by the sounds of things and, and it sounds like Stafford's going to get a chance to hopefully go to a contender um yeah he's another name in the quarterback shuffle this is a guy that is not a surprise to me it's you know, kind of rumored all 
you know, throughout last season, you know, why are we wasting Stafford if we're going to rebuild? Like, it was pretty obvious the Lions had to tear it down. So um, I really hope he gets a, a chance to to uh, go to a contender because and, and, I don't think he has a playoff win, and people really don't give him a lot of credit as a good quarterback because of that. It's just I think the Lions failed him. You know what I mean? He hasn't left town yet, but I, I think once he does, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, the Lions failed to build a contender around him, and uh, he deserves to get a shot with a real team. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? He's surprisingly young. Like, he's like 33 years old. Guy, it feels like he's been in the league since I was in grade six. <laughs> like, I thought he was six months behind Brady for oldest in the league, and then I looked, and really, he's if he gets to the right team, he could he could give them several years of success, potentially. Um, now, I was going to ask you, like, I think it was last episode we were talking about this potential quarterback carousel, and you had set your over-under at 10, and that sounded like an aggressive number. Um, but, uh, you know, Adam Schefter, Mr. Insider, Mr. NFL Insider at ESPN, he tweeted out this week that his over-under for quarterbacks changing teams was at 18 this year. That's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> now, obviously, some of those guys might be backups. That, you know, there's always a little bit of a backup QB shuffle. But given that, you know, the guy who seems to know everything before it happens is saying 18, are you taking the over? on your original prediction of 10 or are you are you sticking closer to that number no i'm taking the over for sure i think this offseason's i don't think it's going to be 18 that's bananas but he obviously probably you know that that message or tweet came out when aaron Rodgers said his future's uncertain and i don't know if he saw his press conference but it sounded you know like maybe i won't be back maybe i don't want to be back kind of thing so i'm sure that's when that came out but 18 is ridiculous like you're we could probably list all the quarterbacks that will definitely be back, and it's more than 12. But I don't even know, man. I'm definitely taking more than 10. What about you? I think I think now hearing that and since you said it, giving it some more thought, I think that 10 is maybe even a little on the low. I'm going to go over with that too, especially just because there are guys you know, who are backups this year who could go and start somewhere, right? Andy Dalton, I don't know. Maybe somebody sees something they like. Uh, Nick Foles, I'm sure he's going to go play football somewhere. Jameis Winston, he's he's maybe in line to take over in uh, in New Orleans. So yeah, I I'd say over ten for sure. Well, you kind of you segued into a question I have um, two points from now actually. So um, Jared Goff, the Rams announced this week there's going to be an open competition for every position in uh, on the roster basically, which includes quarterback and. Uh, I guess John Wolford showed them enough to be a candidate and Jared Goff is not secured in that role with this massive contract. And, uh, you know, you sent a, gr- a message to me and Tim in our little group chat there about uh, the 2015-2016 draft recaps. Uh, the first and second picks in those drafts were Winston and Mariota in 2015 and then Wentz, or Goff and then Wentz in 2016. And potentially we're looking at a scenario where, you know, just five, six years later, all these guys don't have starting jobs and are not with the teams that drafted them. Obviously, Winston and Marriott are not. Um, you know, let's say everything was equal right now. They're all healthy. They're all have the same salary. You are starting a new franchise. Which one of those four would you want to build around? See, so, you know, all transparency. I sent that message and, uh, and we kind of went back and forth a little bit and you asked me this question and I gave you an answer and then I was thinking about it and 
I honestly think my answer stays the same as as scary as it is to say. I think it's uh, famous Jameis. Um, you know, just the the upside is more. It's greater with him than any of those other three guys, right? Yes, he has an awful downside. Yes, he throws back-breaking interceptions and back-breaking pick sixes at the least opportune time. But, you know, two, not this past season, but uh, two years ago, he led the NFL in passing yards. He had 30 passing touchdowns. Just the ability to do that tells me that there's something there and uh you know i was i was a little surprised that the bucks were so quick to move on now obviously they probably had a line that they were getting tom brady and obviously things have worked out pretty well for them this year and uh you know all things being equal if if it was the exact same lineup with gronk and ab coming in and the defensive pieces um and fournette in the backfield but they had Jameis, i don't think they'd be on their way to the super bowl right now but, uh, you know, I was really surprised because of the way that quarterbacks have traditionally struggled in their first year under Bruce Arians and then the way that they've improved. I thought that, they, I thought that this was going to be kind of his rebound coach. Um, but who knows, maybe Sean Payton's going to be that for him. But, yeah, I think, I think my order would probably be Winston. <sighs> Winston... <laughs> And then either Mariota or Wentz, and and probably Goff last. It's what crazy. Goff last race. But I, it's I still have a soft spot for Wentz, and I don't have any good reason. I just I don't I don't know what it is. I just when uh, I saw what I saw, he was so good. He looked like the next face of the league, best talent at quarterback. Like I remember messaging Craig, who's a big Eagles fan, and saying, "Man, you got like." like this guy's going to be a perennial MVP candidate. This is crazy what he's doing at such a young age. So, I mean, if he's healthy, I think I would take Wentz. Um, you know, I asked this question in my group chat that you're not involved with, and uh, um, <laughs> and uh, Todd said without hesitation he'd take Mariota. If he's healthy 100%, he's taking Mariota. He just he thinks he got a bad rap going to Tennessee when he went to Tennessee when he was drafted there. And, uh, yeah, he would take him uh, without doubt over these other three. Uh, but, you know, the fall for Goff is you know, baffling to me because he leads him to a Super Bowl and then he gets hurt this year and he guts out these the win and then you know gets him to another round without you know the, without them expecting to get past the first round in the playoffs this year and now they're saying his job isn't safe. I don't, yeah, I don't. Know. I just thought those guys were bros and they were going to be Goffin and um, McVeigh for for life, but it's not not the case. See, and that's the thing with Goff is when he when he went to them initially back when Jeff Fisher was still the coach, I didn't think much of the pick. I didn't care for him too much. When they went to the Super Bowl that season, you know, I saw that as their defense was playing great. Todd Gurley was out of this world, and Goff protected the ball. That was it. He didn't turn it over. He could get it into a receiver's hand, but he just never felt like he was doing you know he never felt like one of those quarterbacks that was stepping up in the tough situation and saying put this on my shoulders and I'm going to take us down the field and I'm going to do this it was McVeigh had you know a sequence of four or five plays that just had the other team's defense scrambling and Goff didn't throw the ball away which is great sometimes right but um it it rarely is going to be enough unless your defense is so truly elite 
um, that they can you know take down even the best offenses. And we saw what happened in that year's Super Bowl when uh, you know they went up against obviously one of the best mastermind coaches of all time and and he found a way to pick it apart and uh and shut down what the rams were trying to do so yeah i don't know i just like with Mariota and wentz they can make plays they can extend plays with their uh with their legs with golf i just you know i just see a guy who's replaceable that's the only word that comes to mind he's replaceable right he's like a slightly less good jimmy garoppolo at this point crazy yeah well it's like we said we keep talking about the shuffle there's going to be a lot of new quarterbacks and new homes next year it's going to be fun to watch uh we have one more game to watch this year and it almost feels like it's a passing of the torch scenario we got the greatest ever do it and the potential next greatest in uh, brady versus mahomes but there's another matchup in the super bowl that i've kind of been dreading for about three four weeks now and that's antonio brown going up against Le'Veon bell these two guys get to the super bowl and uh Ugh. That's basically all I have to say about it. Go Chiefs, because I really do not want to watch AB celebrate. Um, I don't have any hard feelings towards Le'Veon Bell, really. I don't under, I don't blame him for what? how everything plays. Well, I, not nearly as much as AB. I shouldn't say none, but not nearly as much as what happened with AB. AB broke my heart, and it was all just, yeah. I don't know, man. I just I thought we had to mention it because we've been talking Steelers all year, but... See, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm with you, but uh, I think both of those guys broke my heart in a way. But A B, you know what? I'm happy to I'm happy to chalk it up to uh, to brain damage essentially. Um, you know, lots yeah, of people have pointed Vontae's out perfect. that that Vontae's perfect hit, and from that point on, he you know not only were his antics kind of more publicized, but guys on his team saying he wasn't the same. He he didn't talk the same. Uh, he didn't, you know, when he sat by himself, he was kind of looking off into space and all this wacky stuff started happening. And, you know, they almost traded him to Buffalo. He wouldn't go to Buffalo. He went to Oakland. He froze his feet in the cryo chamber and this and that. And then all the off-field issues, all that crazy stuff. But, man, Le'Veon Bell, like, you just didn't play. You just said, no, I'm not coming back. I'm not playing without this. I'm not playing without that. And I understand it's his right. I understand absolutely even making the money that these guys make. They are 100% exploited to the benefit of the team. Absolutely. The team makes decisions all the time to cut guys, to end their contracts early, to trade them to wherever. I get it. But there's a point where that holdout became ridiculous, and you saw that with the with the Steelers, with you know comments from guys in the O line, comments from Big Ben, where at the start of this they said we support him, we want him to get what he deserves, we want this, and then I think it was around like week five, week six, they're like, you know what, we don't care. Then if he doesn't feel any obligation to this team, if he doesn't feel any loyalty to us and what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish, then like be gone and you know what it doesn't really hurt my feelings that he hasn't had any you know big success in in new york or in kansas city so oh, no, definitely the same i hope neither guy sees the field <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> it's a uh, anyway, you know what so we talk about how there's no football coming up this weekend but there was some amazing games played this past weekend what do you say we recap and, and talk about what now for the two losing teams sounds good What's that? Uh, playoffs? 
Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Uh, so first we tell we you know we hype this game up as you know again this one was potentially the greatest to ever do it versus the the next greatest and Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know apparently debatable Aaron Rodgers on a lot of people's list as far as all time quarterbacks now. But uh, anyways they played it was a crazy game. 31-26, Tampa Bay ended up uh, coming out with their third road win of the playoffs, which is just insane. They've been playing lights out. That defense is crazy. Devin White, Levante David. You know, I honestly, when they announced that Antoine Winfield Jr., their yeah, rookie safety for Tampa Bay, wasn't going to play, I thought this game was over. I thought for sure Green Bay and Devontae Adams were going to exploit them, and uh, Aaron Rodgers was going to have a day in his first home playoff or NFC championship game. Uh, but that wasn't the case, and uh, Tampa Bay did enough to get the win. Um, it's you know it's well documented at the end of the game man there's a play on third down Aaron Rodgers kind of breaks out of the pocket has a chance to potentially run into the end zone decides to throw it away and it's the first time in my life I've watched Aaron Rodgers and questioned his decision and he like he always seems to break your heart and make him the, and makes the right decision and that was the first time I was like man I think he might have been able to do something there but uh, they live to see another down you know the clock was a consideration Obviously, he knows a lot more than I do. I'm not going to try to tell him he was wrong or I was right, but I just it was a curious decision not to, to try to run. And then more curious than that was the coach's decision to kick a field goal, on, you know, down by eight points, going up against the greatest quarterback to ever do it. And, um, yeah, that was obviously the talk of the town afterwards. We, uh, Aaron Rodgers did his interview, said he had, didn't, didn't have anything to do with the decision, kind of left his coach hanging out to dry. Um yeah, man, what do you make for this game? I mean, we'll talk about what's next for the Green Bay Packers, but let's talk about this game first because especially that decision was pretty curious. But but even more than that, I, you know, I've talked to some some fans of my, uh, friends of mine that are Green Bay fans, and they're you know they're they're baffled by the Matt Lafleur decision. But anytime you talk about that game, they talk about Scotty Miller at the end of the half scoring a touchdown with no time left. That whole play, how it unfolded with. You know, the punting team was on the field for Tampa Bay, and then they call a timeout, and then Brady runs out there with eight seconds left from the 50, and little Scotty Miller, who claims he's faster than Tyreek Hill, uh, runs past everybody and scores, you know, just a back-breaking touchdown for the Buccaneers. But, uh, yeah, what were your takeaways from that game? What did you think about that fourth down field goal? Well, so first of all, that end of the first half play, you're exactly right. That's that's backbreaking. That is, um, you know, a defensive unit that, I don't know if they didn't have their head wrapped around it because, like you mentioned, they had just come off the field and then come back on the field. Um, but that's that's like unacceptable. You can't let it happen. the The first play of a game, like the first time your defense takes the field, the last play before the half, the first play after the half, and at the end of a of any close game, it's not that those plays are necessarily more important or less important, but they like you just can't let that happen. You can't let there be a guy who gets behind you. You can't let, you know, 43 years old or not, you can't let the greatest quarterback of all time have time to sit back and just rear back and throw up a prayer like that because even if you're on even if you're on the receiver bad things can happen and definitely if you blow coverage like that and he drops a dime right in the guy's hands you know that's a terrible feeling to go into the locker room and the score just went up by seven points like you you were ready to walk in at at uh, whatever it was uh, right before that play and now it's just much worse um, the play where the play that you're mentioning where Rogers had the opportunity to run the third down play um, 
it's it's always hard to judge those after the fact, right? He had I think he was sacked five times in this game, and he was hit hard. That Tampa defensive front was all over him. The O line without Bakhtiari, uh, they couldn't really couldn't really keep it under control. He was under pressure all the time, and you don't know in that moment what he was seeing the pressure that he was feeling the you know he's he's as good as anybody of stepping up he's as good as anybody at um you know sensing what's happening sensing where everything's coming from and and what kind of time he has so i'm not going to fault him too much for that although you know all the pictures we see now of all the different angles like he's got 20 yards of open grass in front of him he could definitely uh make something happen but this is my feeling on the the field goal and you know what i know that tyler if you're listening feel free call in maybe we'll get you on the show and you can go you can give us your uh take because i know he is a hundred percent of the time his feeling is take the points get the ball back take the points get the ball back we've been debating this every week in the playoffs i don't think that you can kick a field goal there there's just over two minutes left in the game You've got the league MVP. You've got, you know, we talked about Jared Goff not being able to put the game on his shoulders. If ever there's a guy who can put the game on his shoulders, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's fourth down. You need to you need to get a first down. You need to move the ball down. You're down by eight. So even if you kick the field goal, you're going to need a touchdown anyways. And the problem is that with the time remaining and Tom Brady on the other side of the field, your your, your defense is not going to stop him, and they didn't. Right, they made the choice, and and you know what? And they hadn't. What's that? Sorry. And they hadn't all game. Like it's not like they had anything to build off of defensively. They're like, oh, you know what? Let's we've got some stops. Like you know, there's <laughs> Tampa Bay pretty much did what they wanted. No, yeah, that's it. And uh, I don't know. I don't see how you could have thought. Um, you know, going against Bruce Arians' offense, going against Tom Brady and all the weapons he has and with what your defense is doing, I don't see how you thought in two minutes you were going to get the ball back with enough time to go all the way down the field and now score when you when you weren't confident that you could get, you know, 10 inches with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I, I didn't like the call and... Uh, Rogers himself in that press conference he said if he had known that they were going to kick it he would have done something different on third down he would have changed the play call uh, to something that he felt would have given them a better chance to make it whereas he in his mind they were going to run the play that was called and then go for it on fourth so obviously yeah. he uh, didn't feel too good about it either well, the, the field goal of the decision still baffles me it's just yeah I, I don't I don't you know when it happened I was like man is this analytics like I don't I don't, I don't understand. And I still, it's a head scratcher for sure. But yeah, the Packers and Matt Lafleur are gonna have to live with that, and you know, they got a lot of decisions to make in this off season because, um, you know, it sounds like I read today that they're they're not so sure they're gonna get rid of Aaron Rodgers, but he doesn't seem to be super happy there. And we saw it unfold with Brett Favre. It was a messy ending after you know the storied career where everybody loved number four, but uh, it ended kind of sour. So. You know, they did draft Jordan Love this year in the first round, and uh, this kid's got an arm. I don't know if he's ready yet. And the CEO of the Packers is coming out saying, we're not moving on from Aaron Rodgers. We're not idiots. But, I mean, you guys did kick a field goal, and you did trade up for a first-round <laughs> quarterback. And, I mean, there are a couple of plays where uh, Alan Lazard didn't make the play, and they, if they draft a receiver, <laughs> he probably we're looking at a different scenario. Anyways, um, 
But yeah, Aaron Rodgers specifically, and we're going to talk about again what the Packers, what now for them, but doesn't it feel like if he ends his career with one ring, it was, it's a waste? Or not, I shouldn't say a waste, but it's a pretty, it's a disappointing for what that talent was. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a big, it's a big disappointment, right? Drew Brees has one ring. Peyton, if he hadn't gone to the Broncos, would have had one ring. It just doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem right for how dominant these guys um, you know, you want to talk about a Hall of Fame career with Philip Rivers versus, uh, you know, Rivers has no rings, Rodgers has a ring. But here's the difference that I see. There were multiple seasons where Aaron Rodgers was the man. He was the league MVP. Yep. He was the dominant quarterback in the game. I don't think there's a single season where you can say Philip Rivers was a top three dominant quarterback in 17 years. That That, to me, sums it up right there. That being said, if you're the man and you're the dominant player in the league and, you know, you're playing for one of the storied franchises, I, I think it I think it shows a franchise failure more than a more than a, you know, player failure on behalf of Rogers that he only has one ring. I think that with the right pieces in place it would have been easy for them to um, you know, to reach the Super Bowl more than they did and to win more than they did. Well, and it, part of it is on him too. I mean, you look at his con- contract it's a big big chunk of the salary cap so it kind of limits what they can do and you look at the teams that are successful it's you know the bills this year when and latin the chiefs last year when you know josh allen and mahomes were on their rookie contracts or the seahawks with russell wilson that's that's kind of like the new way to you know get to the super bowl is find a young stud quarterback and get to the super bowl when he's cheap because once they get paid it's hard to fill everywhere else but um I mean, the Chiefs are doing it this year, so maybe I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, you're right. The Packers, if they don't get another one with Rodgers, it's a, it's a big failure. And if he moves on and gets another one, then it's 100% on them. Um, sound, it looks like uh, the Packers are also going to have some question marks at running back this offseason. They've got free agents in Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Um, Aaron Jones, I think, is going to have no problem finding a home. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Jamal Williams can do. He's a pretty versatile player. You see him on special teams. He's doing kick returns. He's obviously a, a, a running back that, you know, he's explosive when he's on the field, so I don't know what kind of role he's going to get. But uh, I think both of them will be out of Green Bay because A.J. Dillon looks like a man amongst boys when he's on the field. I don't know if you saw his his run there. If you did, you know exactly what I'm talking about, where he basically <laughs> did a push-up with three guys on his back and just ran and carried three other guys for like nine yards. Uh, it's uh, you know Dylan owners. If you're in dynasty leagues, you got to be excited. Oh, absolutely. I between the two, I could see maybe Jamal Williams coming back. Um, just you know, as a product of his usage and you know being a special teams guy, uh, he's obviously the more affordable of the two. I could see them. I could see them getting him back maybe on like a one year deal just to have some depth and some kind of guidance in that backfield but uh yeah you know I think they I think they hit the nail on the head it looks like so far with AJ Dillon I think that that was a a well-spent draft pick um and the future of that backfield and and given that they've got him and given that you know all three of these guys were productive at times this season within LaFleur's system and behind that O-line um yeah I can't see them paying what you know a guy like Aaron Jones is going to command I, I don't see them having uh having the need to spend that money and and give him the kind of contract that he's going to be looking for um especially with some of the big you know running back deals that have been signed in the last few years and then within a year or two those guys are kind of going down the drain yeah well it's going to the RB the running back market is going to be fascinating because 
because you know we talk about all the quarterbacks that are moving on but there's some big running backs available a lot of big receivers but you know with the salary cap potentially going down and you know people not focusing on the run like they used to it's it's there's not that bell cow available right now so those contracts are going to be interesting and you know teams like the Steelers who had the worst running game in the history of football this season you know are they going to be in the market or are they going to be looking in the draft um it's it's going to be fun to watch uh one more point about this game before we move on to the AFC matchup uh, Tom Brady now has as many NFC championships as Aaron Rodgers as Drew Brees and that's a crazy number <laughs> this guy is just a video game that's that's wild like that is it's unbelievable and I for all the talk I don't think it's being talked about enough you know, a guy that for two decades dominated, uh, dominated in the AFC, dominated in his division, moved over to a brand new team, brand new system at the age of 43, and and now is going to the Super Bowl right away. Like, it's um, it's mind-blowing. It's unbelievable. LeBron and Tom Brady, like the only two guys, I think, that, uh, that just have the... I saw a quote online, and it, I forget exactly what it was, but it's basically like these are the only two athletes who have the understanding of their game to make the perfect plan and the athletic ability to carry out that plan perfectly. Like, they're the only two guys in sports that can basically know exactly what to do, and they can just do it every time. Um, well, yeah. I will say about Brady, he threw some bad picks in that game. You know, I said the oh, Packers yeah. couldn't stop him. Like other, he, he made some bad choices, and the, the Packers... You know, he got he the made turnovers. some bad he does choices. That in the Super Bowl, it's... Yeah, he made some bad choices. He had uh, he had a couple go off of fingertips and uh, one that was almost picked and wasn't, and and one that was ultimately. Um, but uh, you know, at the same time, he did enough. He had uh, he had three touchdowns. He had over two hundred fifty yards, and uh, and when it counted most, he he just did his golden boy type things, and uh, you know, slipped the refs a couple twenties before the game and and got the got the call he needed once and uh yeah you know it's, it's on the way another story here right like there was some calls that didn't get called the one that does get called but i mean it i think the, the more it more speaks to the tampa bay defense they got some playmakers all over that defense and they're hungry for that ring so yeah, they're gonna be tough for they got the tough test coming up who are they facing in the afc here buddy well, we had a, you know, this was the kind of the opposite quarterback matchup, two up and comers instead of, uh, instead of, you know, the two, the two living legends, it was the two fresh faces and, uh, Buffalo got out to a quick lead in this one and they were looking pretty good, but, uh, ultimately the chiefs took it down. Uh, final score was 38, 24. And, uh, I don't think any, I don't think any Buffalo fans were feeling super confident, even when it was nine, nothing. Um, they took advantage of a big, you know, could be a turning point play in any football game. Um, you know, there's a punt that was fumbled by Meikle Hardman on the Chiefs, and uh, the Bills took advantage and, and turned it into a touchdown drive. Um, and then uh, the Chiefs also on their first drive went three and out. The Bills D stepped up and shut it down. But, uh, you know, we saw last year in the playoffs, the, the Chiefs almost seem like they're toying with teams at time. They fall behind and then uh, just put the pedal to the metal. Mahomes was unbelievable watching him. Like, he is, for how young he is, it's, it, it feel I think maybe because he's played so much football, right? Three straight conference championship games. He was in the Super Bowl last year. He's in again this year. Uh, it just feels like he's been playing for 10 seasons, but... You know, he just he led them down the field and and controlled the game 
Tyreek Hill showed, I don't know what Scotty Miller's talking about, man. I would not be <laughs> challenging this guy. The guy's nickname is Cheetah. Pretty fast. Yeah. Cheetah's pretty fast. Pretty fast. But, uh, you know, he finished with uh, with 172 yards receiving and just looked like, a, you know, looked like he was on fast forward and everybody else was just being animated in at a slower speed. Uh, Travis Kelsey is ridiculous, like, 10 catches or whatever for 118 yards and two touchdowns. The thing I really liked um, with the Chiefs, like I'm sure you saw it, Meikle um, Hartman had that fumble. Devastating. It's early in the game. He's He feels like he's wrecked it. He goes right to the sideline, throws a blanket over his head. All his teammates come over to pick him up. They're talking to him. They're getting him back in there. And shortly after, they run a jet sweep and he goes for 51 yards. And then shortly after that, he, uh, you know, he makes a catch and, and drives into the end zone. There's nothing better than seeing a guy keep his chin up and bounce back and make important plays. Um, and, you know, Josh Allen tried to do the same thing. Uh, his team was down late. He, uh, he took them down the field and, and got a score. But unfortunately, the next time down the field, he threw uh, a costly interception. And uh, the biggest thing that I saw for Buffalo, like this is a team that made their they made their bones this year scoring points. They made their bones running up the score on teams, and they just couldn't do it this week. They uh, I think in the red zone, only out of five trips to the red zone, they only turned two of them into a touchdown. And uh, to contrast that, Kansas City went to the red zone five times and five times they scored a touchdown it's hard to keep up with that it's hard to kick field goals and and keep up with uh, a team that can seemingly score at will and for the most part the Buffalo defense didn't look like they could get those critical stops in big situations so um, looking at the Bills um, you know going forward there's not the major fantasy pieces at least right the Allen the Diggs uh, we don't really know what's happening with that running game. It was kind of a mess this year. But uh, in free agency, it doesn't look like they're they're going to be losing too much that way. But there's a bunch of O-line pieces and a bunch of defensive pieces that uh, either have to be replaced or re-signed. So it's going to be interesting to see what this team looks like. Um, I believe Buffalo this year had the most consistent lineup like from 2019 to 2020 they had the most returning players in the league and you know as a result of that now they've got uh 17 or 18 guys that uh, we don't know what's going to happen but as far as josh allen we've been talking about the last couple of weeks how uh he's kind of silenced the critics right the big criticism for him was when he got to those big pressure games he couldn't put it together and he couldn't um you know win in those situations and it seemed like for the first couple rounds of playoffs, he looked great. He looked dominant. He looked calm and collected and didn't make the big mistakes. And then after this game, I'm not so sure. What do you think? Has he, you know, has he kind of taken a step backwards in terms of your view of him? Or was this just a case of the better team won? Uh, no, he hasn't taken a step back. I think this guy is going to be a stud for years. I think, uh, you know, it was weird. It didn't seem like he really started using his legs until the very end of the game and I, that's a real weapon for him and if he does that like it almost like he wasn't he was trying to prove himself as a better quarterback because he's facing against Mahomes and Reed and you know they had this offseason talk about who's got the stronger arm and all this trash but yeah I, I still think uh, Josh Allen's a, a legitimate quarterback in this league he's a stud um, some of the throws he made this season were, were crazy I just think he got away from his own game 
And, yeah, I think the Chiefs were the better team. Uh, one note about that game, you said Travis Kelsey thought he had 10 catches. He actually had 13 catches, Ooh. which is uh, a record all-time for a championship game at AFC or NFC. So, yeah, he is ridiculous. And he's, My apologies, No, he's in the Mr. conversation Kelsey. now for – yeah, he's in the conversation now for best tight end to ever play, though. I mean, he's breaking all these records. It's, it's you know, we're talking all-time great and uh, in his prime, and, and we get one more game with them this year, so it's it's going to be fun. And, uh, yeah, for the Bills, man, I, I think they're in good hands as well. I talked about Josh Allen, Coach McDermott, their coach. I think they've got a really good foundation there. They've got a really good culture, and uh, I think they're going to be a fun team to root for for a long time here. Yeah, well, and you know the best part is we get to keep seeing uh, seeing the videos of people smashing themselves through tables, so that's always a plus too. I'm kind of torn. I, I will admit, I'm kind of torn on those videos. I like the ones where it's really cool. You know, they light the table on fire and it looks really awesome, and the guy or the girl goes through it and they get up and high five. But there's a lot of videos where they kind of botch it and get hurt. Yeah, and their knees are, are bent the wrong way, and they're, oh. it, it's ridiculous. It's like but a train wreck. You some of them you watch, away, but you can't stop yeah, watching. Yeah, exactly. And you share with your friends, but it's some of them you watch, and you're like, I'm embarrassed for to be human right now. This is <laughs> you guys are like, and some of you, it's like, oh, I'm going to try jumping up this 30 foot balcony and see how it goes, and they miss the table altogether. But yeah, you're right. I can't take my eyes off it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's Darwinism for sure. Um. <laughs> I, I went to Teachers College in the city of Buffalo, and, and those videos make a lot of sense after um, spending some time living there. They um, love their bills, man. They love their bills. they got a weird oh, way yeah. of showing it, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, folks, I'm pretty excited about this. We've got, uh, you know, we don't have a game to talk about, but we wanted to do something, something new, something pretty cool, uh, something that was kind of inspired by... Uh, uh, Steve Henning, one of our listeners from the the uh, Sorry for Partying League, and uh, it's too early to do a fantasy football draft, even an early draft. Like the season's not even over, the Super Bowl hasn't been played. It's too early to do a football player draft. So instead, we are going to do the first ever fantasy Falcon football feast draft. I don't want a cheeseburger. It's too early for a cheeseburger. Too early for a cheeseburger. Look. Yummy. Yummy is right. So, um, before we get into the details of this, uh, one thing we wanted to uh, to ask all the listeners or anybody who's interested, um, if you want to submit by email and we'll we'll say it again at the end of the show but submit by email your favorite super bowl recipes your favorite football you know it could be a snack could be a dip could be a sandwich whatever um send those to us and uh as a team as a team here at fantasy falcon football we'll decide and pick a winner and we will make that uh the lucky dish on super bowl sunday to enjoy so uh yeah any anybody who's got you know a, a famous chili or uh, you know a, a fabulous fruit salad, or a favorite bowl of cereal, something like that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not a cook. People are sure like more creative than that. But uh, yeah, send your recipes to us at fantasyfalconfootball@gmail.com, and uh, we'll make a we'll pick a winner, and we'll announce it on next week's show, and uh, and we'll make it for the Super Bowl Sunday. But getting to the real and you business. know what I just oh yeah thought sorry. of this now. Let's uh, sorry, Kyle. Um, if we choose your recipe, friends, 
you will win a fantasy Falcon football prize pack, which I got to tell you, it includes like virtual high fives Ooh. and potentially, you know, merchandise down the road. So that's, you know, like an IOU for maybe, you know, eighth t-shirt off the press. So it's yeah, something to strive for, for sure. It's we're exciting trading, stuff. We're trading in futures now. I like it. Oh boy. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so we reached out to some of our, some of our uh, most loyal listeners and, and uh, guys and girls that we know are, are big fans of football and big fans of fun and big fans of food. And uh, we asked them for what are their ultimates, right? What do they have to have at their Super Bowl party? So before we get to the draft itself, I did want to give uh, these are the top prospects, right? These are the these are the blue chip, uh, no fail for sure. You can't go wrong with drafting them. Just like you know the people who drafted McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, <laughs> Zeke, Saquon. Just like you could never be let down by those players ever in a million years. You can't be let down by these top five football treats. So at number one overall, we had wings. The old classic chicken wings. We had 13 different people tell us that's what they had to have. Number two was a buffalo chicken dip. That was pretty close with 10 different votes. Number three, just a classic chips. Potato chips, Doritos, whatever it is. Number four, another staple of any football uh, gathering is pizza. And number five, I've got to admit, this one, I was a little surprised, but you know what? It's it's always nice to have a little candy or some chocolate. So those were the big five. Wings, buffalo chicken dip, chips, pizza, and candy or chocolate. What do you think of those ones? I, I mean, you, you know, you, you nailed it. We talked about the, the, the top of the fantasy football drafts this year and how it was a can't miss. But So does that mean like if wings is number one, it's just going to be all bones? There's no meat and the buffalo chicken dip? It's <laughs> like bones. salmonella. And <laughs> uh, but you're going to keep you know, picking right, it up off the though, floor and thinking it's good enough, but then it won't be. Well, we reached out to the, uh, the listeners and or some, our favorite listeners and league members, and we were we were saying, you know, give me your power rankings, like your top five must have, and chips. Like two people said pretzels. Like what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> Spice it up. You can have chips and pretzels, anyways. So, I like what we've got planned here. This fantasy feast draft is going to be a lot of fun, and uh, so the way we're going to do it, we're basically we broke it down into categories, and we're going to take turns picking out of those categories, so we won't each have the same thing, kind of thing. And uh, then we'll wrap it all up and see what our, our party spread looks like. All right. So, Jeff, um, you know, the first round here or the first first part of the draft, we're going to go with snacks or appetizers. And you've got to pick three. Do you want to give us the uh, give us the list of, of our options here? Okay. So in this category, uh, we're taking three of these each. We'll go one at a time. But uh, we can choose between wings, chips, nachos. That can include Drew's direct. Burrito nachos. It also includes Marty's famous nachos, um, bacon wrap jalapeno poppers, cheese and meat plate, deep fried pickles, deviled eggs, meatballs, egg or spring rolls, pretzels, sushi, shrimp, pizza rolls, or mixed nuts. And uh, I don't know who gets to go first. You know what? I think I'll give you the honors. Oh, I was about to. I was about to say age before beauty, but uh, well, you know what? I I'm gonna go with. I'm not going to get cute. I'm not going to get too smart with the first pick in this category. I'm going to go with wings. Chicken wings, that's got to be number one on the list. Okay, so are <laughs> you, would you consider a trade? Would you consider a trade? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going with uh, bacon-wrapped jalapeno poppers. Ooh. 
I like that. I was uh, off air. I was saying that was uh, Chrissy Jeff's Jeff's wife. That was the first time I ever tried that particular dish. Was when she made it at a gathering a few years ago, and uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. All right. So I'm not gonna go for chips because that's just dumb. Um, you know what? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna mix things up here a little bit. This is a bit unorthodox. I'm going to go with, I don't even know what I'm going to say. I was trying to work myself up. I'm going to go with a cheese and meat plate. Oof, that could be costly. That is, it's way too, what a reach. What I, a reach. Yeah. Oh, I, man, now I'm like, too much you just threw my whole draft board off. I wasn't expecting nachos <laughs> to drop to fourth overall. Um, yeah, I'm going nachos. I'm not going to overthink this either. I'm taking Marty's, Drew's, or any regular nachos. You have to tell me about Drew's Dorito nachos, though. Maybe we'll... we'll talk about that so yeah so it's pretty it's pretty simple in terms of toppings it's just you know doritos with just beef and cheese just nice and simple but the the beautiful cheesy spice of the doritos is what makes it magic uh we got a lot of so he puts his name on that though yeah well you know what the the first the first request for that came in wasn't from (laughs) him i had multiple people in our other league uh voting for that as their their favorite Okay, All right. Okay. Oh, well, I, I might have blown cracker plate. It's Drew's cheese and crackers, and it's Triscuits with melted craft single. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, you know what? I might have overthought. I said I wasn't going to get cute on the first pick, and then on the second pick I did because I didn't. It's nice to have something deep fried, and it's nice to have something a little, you know, nice and healthy like cheese and meat. Uh, I'm going to go... Though for my my last pick in this part of the draft, I think I'm gonna go with some meatballs. I think a nice uh, you know could be Italian, could be sweet and sour, uh, barbecue. There's there's a lot of ways you could go with that. I think a meatball is a nice way to go. Well, this is interesting because now I'm, I'm like we have snacks and appetizers in the same category. So if I don't take chips here, that means I have no chips at my party. Um. But I can't pass on sushi, man. I'm I'm going sushi. Ooh. As long as it's, it's like, yeah. We're not talking shopping mall eight ninety nine for a thing sushi. I'm ordering from like a legit sushi place. I'm getting sushi for sure. That would have oh, been an early man. pick if I actually yeah. See what a spread know, already. Oh, so here, my goodness. So here's the thing. Here's here's my thinking on that. If it was just uh you know, for me or maybe for like you and me and Tim kind of thing, and I know that this is gonna go, sushi would be Maybe the only thing. Maybe we just you know spend 150 bucks and get all the sushi we can eat. But when you're throwing a party for a bunch of people and you don't know what people are into and it's a football crowd, that could be a risky one. That could you could end up with uh, you know a bunch of rainbow roll going bad on your table at the end. Anaphylactic. Well, <laughs> yeah. And not to mention allergies. <laughs> Craig, a good friend of mine, is like Oof. no shellfish ever. So yeah, man. Oof. So I'll put. You might have just on redeemed, it. Might have just it redeemed won't go to waste. my cheese and meat. <laughs> all right. First of all, a side okay. note, can we please make that sushi party happen? $150, me, you, oh. and Tim eat until we pass out. It's please. been too long. It's been too long. We need to do it again. All right. So second part of the draft, we are into the dips. We've got the buffalo chicken dip, and there are many variations. You know, there's Andrea's buffalo chicken dip. In our league of record, or our not our league of record, sorry, in my uh, my other home league, uh, there's uh, Dave's, Dr's, Buffalo Chicken Dip. There's Nacho Dips. 
there's now you wrote it in as aunt maureen's crab dip and and that's my mother maureen which happy birthday yesterday mom which i'm sure this is hey, happy belated so yeah i'm sure she's not listening for the first time ever but just in case happy belated uh so if you're not familiar with the crab dip it's a hot kind of a you know cheesy garlic parmesan crab meat cream cheese it's a if you know you know right it's a beautiful thing <laughs> that's it um, that's it oh yeah if you know you know that's the only way to describe it uh we have this the you know classic cold spinach dip with pumpernickel bread uh tortilla chips and guacamole and salsa veggies and dip um nacho dip is so good it's on the list twice here and uh this last one i'm not sure if you're <laughs> familiar with cowboy caviar are you uh are you in the know for that one I'm not. No, please explain. So cowboy caviar, that's actually one that I've made a couple of times. And last year, actually, I made for the Super Bowl party that I went to. It's kind of a mix of it's just a bunch of like beans and corn and little avocado pieces and jalapenos and lime juice and salt and pepper. It sounds like it's really healthy, but it's actually really tasty. And it's perfect for, uh, you know, Tostito scoops, getting it right in there and you know it's it's kind of a double Scoops. it's a it's a treat that you don't hate yourself too much the next day after so it's a nice nice little touch i like I, it you know what i'm gonna give you the first pick this time show me how it's done oh what a mistake buffalo <laughs> chicken dip please actually i think i'll take that back i think i won <laughs> yeah exactly no uh well then i don't have a choice i'm gonna have to go with the hot crab dip yeah you know what for you that leaves me with uh so we only get two of these right we only get two of these ones yeah okay um hmm. <laughs> i love me some spinach dip and pumpernickel so Oof. that's what i'll take Oof. oh my goodness <laughs> like it's nothing wrong with that but oh i passed the nacho dip I yeah didn't... of course you, know you did you know, nacho dip but you know, i have nachos nope, nope, nope. i already have nachos i got nachos up in my main we already covered the nachos, so that's, well, that, that's not a big in, loss. What are you going to dip it in, though? <laughs> what are you going to do when that runs out? What, Drew's nachos you need to dip? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you don't need a dip. Yeah, no, I'm going nacho dip. Nacho dip to go with the hot crab dip, for sure. All right, what about... All right. Go, this is the big one. This is the... This, this is. is. You know, best... Oh, best this actor. one is the reason you just gave me first pick in the last category, because you wanted the first one in this. I understand. I understand. No, no. I'm going back and forth. I'm being democratic here. Uh, third third category. This is the main course, the main squeeze. This is what everybody came here for. So we're taking two of these selections between pizza, pulled pork sliders, mac and cheese, chili, chicken enchiladas, chili cheese dogs, fish tacos, variety of sandwiches. And there was an emphasis on variety when that entry came in or some shawarma. You can have the honors. We're taking two of these. What are you going with? This is, I kind of wish I didn't have the first pick. This is a high pressure. There's a couple, there's a couple that are, that are really, uh, you know, sticking out to me. Um, I am actually going to have to go with, I think, pulled pork sliders. I was leaning towards pizza, but uh, I think, I think a nice pulled pork slider is, is something special, a nice special treat for a special day you know what i'm so glad you picked that because i was i'm over pulled pork and i you could have got that with your last pick i'm going with uh i'm not gonna overthink this one either i'm going pizza 
Yeah. Give me a nice, pizza. Uh, yep. Nice Slap song. it right in the middle of the middle of the party. Yeah, everybody's happy. Oh man. All right. So, <clears throat> along with the pulled pork slider, then what do I want here? Oh, are you getting hungry? Is it just? <laughs> I'm so hungry. Like man. A little, little rumble <laughs> in the tumble. Um. Oh man. Like. Again, it all comes down to your crowd. Like if this was if this was a different kind of a crowd, I'd be tempted, you know, a nice fish taco with like a mango salsa, but that just doesn't mm. say football to me. You know, it, it says delicious. Know it says it says delicious food, but it just doesn't say Super Bowl to me. Um I I think I'm I was going to go with just a classic chili but I think I'm going to go with a chili cheese dog because it's kind of the best of both worlds. You're getting, you know, you're getting your carbs with the bun, you're getting your your <laughs> processed L's and A's and uh you're getting that that old classic chili. I I don't think there's a I don't think there's a wrong piece in that equation. Chili cheese dogs. Well, it's interesting because I didn't think chili cheese dogs was going to I didn't think anybody was gonna pick it because I figured you're gonna take chili or variety of sandwiches, and then I was just gonna select the other. So, yeah, you know what? With my main course, I'm not overthinking it. I'm going pizza, and I'm gonna have a hot pot of chili on the side, and everybody's gonna go home happy. Happy and heartburny. Oof. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have a you have like a, a Pepto Bismol fountain too at this party. <laughs> yeah, it's like a chocolate fountain. <laughs> it's oh, like man. a little. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get on get on the marketing department that could be our uh that could be our gofundme right there all right the final round this one you know to be honest like i i'm a guy who has a bit of a sweet tooth but at super bowl time i could really take it or leave it but we did get a lot of people um you know surprisingly coming in with with sweets and treats that they that they had to have so i figured it'd be good to include one of those um, so we're going to pick one each and, uh, the options that, that came in from people were, uh, candy or chocolate, um, cookies specifically. I got a couple of people who said, you know, a box of Tim Hortons cookies, but, uh, any cookies are, it'll do for this, uh, two bite brownies, cupcakes, and, uh, like a fruit tray with a caramel dip. So, you know, a little bit of variety and. You can feel good about yourself if you're using your apple slice as a spoon to just eat melted caramel. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll let you go first for this one. You get one one dessert. What would you put on your on your menu there? Well, to full disclosure here, so I'm like you say you could probably do without these this category, especially around a Super Bowl party. When I go, we typically go to Geesters for the Super Bowl, and what happens is his wife puts together this huge spread, and we all contribute with. A dish and then I just hover around the chocolate covered almonds until they disappear basically Whoa. especially at Geister's especially at <laughs> Geister's um, so yeah I'm going with candy and chocolate on this one I like a nice spread hopefully the chocolate includes almonds in there as delicious as I remember oh man that's a dangerous game that's a dangerous game hanging by the chocolate covered almonds oof it was at the start of uh, at the start of the first lockdown you know back in last march uh we had one of those kirkland bags the costco bags and that yep. was uh we had to put it down in the basement because having it upstairs like <laughs> it, it's just like a it's just like a drive-by in the neighborhood you go you go by you gotta have to go back the other way you gotta have to oh 
going upstairs got to take a couple couple pocket almonds nothing wrong with that <laughs> nothing wrong with yeah that. and all of a sudden you just hate your life and uh yeah all right that was that was where i was going i think i'm gonna go with two bite brownies those are a hit those you're not gonna find too many people that uh that don't care for a two bite and uh they actually have a gluten-free version now for uh my wife and anyone else who might be so inclined there you go so uh, yeah i'm i'm you know nice nice don't sit by the dessert i'm watching the game exactly yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh so what we're gonna do here is we'll we'll put our uh final lineups out and maybe when you're sending in your recipes if you want to tell us who you think won or whose whose spread would you rather be part of here but uh so if you're if you're coming to Casa de Kyle for the Super Bowl, here's what you're gonna see. I got I got chicken wings, I got a cheese and meat tray, I got meatballs, I got hot crab dip, nacho dip, pulled pork sliders, chili cheese dogs, and two bite brownies to finish it off. I'm feeling pretty good about that lineup. Cheese and meat second overall. That's gonna be the talk of the post draft. Uh, I got if you're coming to Porto Backyardo and you're hanging out with me at my place, you can have some bacon-wrapped jalapeno poppers. You can have some macho, nachos, Drews, or Marty's. It doesn't matter whose it is. Or you can have a nice spread of delicious sushi. Uh, we got some buffalo chicken dip. We got spinach dip with pumpernickel. We got a big, fat pizza and a pot of chili. And we can wash it all down with some candy and some chocolate. It's going to be a delicious spread. I think it's a landslide. Come on over. Oh, man. I don't think there's any losers in this scenario. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Except the toilets <laughs> <laughs> yeah dibs first <laughs> we're gonna have to sign uh, up that was fun though yeah so <laughs> um it's too bad we don't have somewhere we should post those we can post them and people can actually compare them but uh one day we'll get there where we're hoping to add some social media to this uh fun little podcast we're doing here and uh i think that wraps it up for today doesn't it big fella yeah you know what it's uh it's kind of weird we don't have that you know i don't have that tense feeling where i'm i'm all worked up about the upcoming game we've got lots of time and that's the thing we didn't want to get to everything too early and uh leave ourselves with nothing to talk about next week so if you tune in next week we'll break down the super bowl we'll uh you know give you all kinds of crazy tom brady stats i'm sure and all kinds of crazy patrick mahomes stats and all kinds of you know just general general craziness um talk about the maybe talk about the virtual pro bowl that they're playing but uh yeah if you uh so if you've got a favorite football recipe if you've got something you want to uh to put in the competition for us to select and to pick and uh (laughs) prizes tbd it sounds like but there's there's something you know the virtual high five is immediate yeah and not to mention thoughts and (laughs) prayers we can always send out some of those right tons of them tons (laughs) all kinds of thoughts and prayers but uh yeah send those in uh or if you've got anything else to say you can reach us uh by email at fantasyfalconfootball at gmail.com or uh if you want to get your voice on the show you know this is the first episode in quite a while that i think we haven't had uh haven't had a listener call in so if you've got a super bowl prediction if you've got a take that you disagree with, I can I can see it now. There's going to be seven different messages from Tyler telling us why we're why we're idiots for not wanting to kick a field goal on fourth down. Uh, yeah, feel free to uh, use the link in the show description and leave us uh, leave us a one minute voicemail and we'll put you on the show. 
and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to get ready and you know give my give my poor eyeballs a break this Sunday and and uh, get ready for uninterrupted viewing of Super Bowl Fifty Five. Yeah, and there's no lineups to set, but you know what? This weekend, enjoy your Falcon family. Aren't you going to say have fun? Come on. I am going to say have fun. I was waiting for you to say you're ready. I said I'm ready. <laughs> uh, you said I think. Uh, have fun. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs>